When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Top Stories, I'm Andy Zaltzman. The UK economy has faced some turbulent times over the lifespan of the bugle, so we've tried to do what we can to help. For today's delve into our archives, we go back to August 2010, when I and John Oliver had some top tips for dealing with the budget deficit. Top Story this week, Britain tightens its belt and immediately considers buying bigger trousers. (laughs) Andy, Britain has finally had to accept that it has to do something about the size of his budget deficit. Why? Because Britain's budget deficit is fat, Andy. It's not just that the current economy makes it look fat, it is fat. Fat with a PH and with three capital Fs. It's (laughs) f***ing fat. How fat exactly? Try £149 billion fat. That is undeniably overweight. In fact, it's morbidly economically obese, so much so that Britain is about to go on a fiscal diet. Reducing a deficit is very much like losing weight. You you don't want to do it too quickly or you'll just pile it all straight back on, but you have to be committed to it and not go secretly binging on defence spending in the middle of the night when you think no-one's looking. And and you can't cheat either, and go stand next to Greece's deficit just to make yours feel thinner. Yeah, we are tightening uh, our belts, John, and we are tightening them around the neck of public spending, whilst kicking the chair of social justice from underneath its twitching feet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we all need a little bit of austerity now and then. Uh, I've not had a lot in my life, to be honest. Uh, the closest right. I've come to austerity was when I was only allowed one armband on a sponsored swim as a kid. 
Uh, one width turned into a 28-hour marathon as I swam round and round in circles. Uh, but to be fair, over the years, John, successive uh, governments... Uh, well, we've not really faced up to the truth of our public spending. Successive governments have spoon-fed us so much sugar to make the economy go down that Britain has now developed weapons-grade diabetes. <laughs> but uh, I've been doing my bit here in Edinburgh, John. I've actually cut 25%, which is what the government's going to cut 25% off, uh, right. off public spending. I've cut 25% of the best jokes of my show out. So That's very, sh- very good. Yeah, well, the show's nowhere near as funny as it should be, but mm-hmm. that is for valid satirical reasons. <laughs> Well, it is going to be a painful diet, this, uh, and just like any diet, it's not going to be any fun for Britain at all. People need to be convinced also that this is actually going to work and that the country is one day going to be standing triumphantly on a billboard somewhere, proudly holding out our fat pants from our waist, (laughs) showing just how much budget deficit we've lost, and doing long testimonials at the World Economic Forum about how we feel centuries younger now and that any country can do it if you just believe in yourselves. But... How are people reacting to the first round of cuts there, Andy? Well, with, um, I think, justified terror, generally, yeah. uh, John. But um, I, think the, I think the government's plan is to cut absolutely everything. Right. Uh, on the grounds that we don't really need anything these days from the right. government. I mean, right. We don't, we don't need schools, you know, in the age of Wikipedia. Just school, take... Schools are obsolete. Take Britain off the grid. Yeah, That's we don't the need plan. the NA- We don't need the health service, John. There are too many people in the world as it is, uh, and you know, I, th- I think in many ways, yeah, you know, we don't need pensions. We need to be disincentivising longevity, not financially rewarding it. Uh, government also closing down uh, or stopping a lot of playground building schemes, and uh, this is part of a scaling back of uh, all playtime for children. Um, and there will be yeah. jail terms for kids caught playing hopscotch. Listen, they've got to contribute too, Andy. It's their future, not ours. (laughs) That's right. That's the thing. Everyone knew this was coming, these cutbacks, but it definitely doesn't make them any easier to stomach. Just last month, the uh, British government abolished the UK Film Council, the Health Protection Agency and dozens of other groups that regulate, advise and distribute money in the arts, healthcare, industry and other areas. The aim is that by shrinking down to its bare bones, the government can cut expenditures by $130 billion dollars over the next five years. It is said to be the longest, deepest, sustained period of cuts to public services spending since World War Two, And at least then, Andy, <laughs> we knew we were funding the mother of all fireworks displays. <laughs> we were getting some pretty loud bangs for our devalued bucks back then. <laughs> People in England are already seriously feeling the pinch, but the truth is that this is just fiscal foreplay, getting everyone ready for the real budget banging that's going to be taking place <laughs> in October. Because when the government issues its next long-term budget, analysts have estimated that around 600,000 public sector jobs could be lost nationwide. That is terrible. We may be looking at the future of huge public sector strikes. Even the chief executive of the UK Supreme Court said she did not know whether it would be able to function at all if its budget were cut by the proposed 40%. So we may have no Supreme Court, which might work out well, because as you mentioned, it'll mean there's no court to deal with the numerous lawsuits that are going to come from the fact that thousands of planned playground upgrades in England are being immediately frozen, (laughs) mean that little Timmy is going to get halfway down the slide before plummeting headfirst into the ground. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's quite a major thing, the uh, cutbacks that are affecting the the already beleaguered criminal justice system, and um, I guess it's all part of an efficiency drive, because, you know, law courts are pretty inefficient, and... Surely it's time now for us to embrace uh, either mob justice, uh, which is pretty efficient but often wrong, or trial by media, which is uh, even more efficient and 
usually wrong. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah, it, you can pretty much get the results by the time the newspapers come out the following day. And why would three tabloid newspaper editors know any less about justice than 12 randomly selected members of the public? Exactly. You know, this, these are all perfectly legitimate cutbacks. Uh, also, uh, I believe the government are long-term looking to phase out women uh, and old people and children. Um, right. And I guess that's what you can expect from a largely male cabinet. That's just the way it goes. A, a lot of people pretty queasy about um, George the Human Chainsaw Osborne's gross-out slasher budget <laughs> that is either going to save Britain from becoming Albania or make it become Albania, depending on your uh, your view of these things. They, they did actually warn us of this, John. They said, um, uh, uh, I think we talked about this on The Bugle before, they had a, a, an advert just before the uh, election, warning, or well, not warning, basically lying and trying to terrify people about what would happen if there was a hung parliament after the election. And one of the things they said was that uh, a hung parliament would bring the British economy to its knees. And... <laughs> Looking at this cuts program, at last we have some politicians who are trying to make good on their pre-election <laughs> promises. Let's let's cut them some slack, John. That's all I say. It does seem that uh, the government are now only one step away from uh, insisting that 75% of the British population go into hibernation and don't come out again until the <laughs> spring of 2015. <laughs> also, the problem is, of course, Britain still has to host an Olympics in two years and. Perhaps it's time that someone suggests a full austerity Olympics. <laughs> the athletes' village will be replaced by an athletes' campsite, and all the swimming events can take place in the river. And finally, instead of gold, silver and bronze, the medals will be copper, tin and cardboard. <laughs> Still, Andy, this is Britain. <laughs> Let's remember that. There is nothing that the Brits cannot handle stoically. <laughs> we invented the stiff upper lip. We survived the Blitz with the rallying cry of keep calm and carry on. In other words, just ignore the Gestapo, they're merely showing off. <laughs> there is nothing that could break our resolve and make us lose our collective cool, apart from Prime Minister David Cameron cracking down on low-cost alcohol in supermarkets. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is exactly what he's doing, and I fear that he could end up in Trafalgar Square next week with his head on a spike. I'm not... I'm not even saying that he's wrong. Something clearly has to be done about Britain's attitude towards alcohol. And David Cameron wants to stop people, as he puts it, preloading and getting off their heads on cheap shop-bought alcohol, going on to say that action is needed to stop Britain's town and city centres resembling the Wild West. Difference being, of course, that the Wild West is looked back upon with a romantic tinge, whereas Britain's town centres on weekends cannot conjure up any image other than just people vomiting into bins. <laughs> of course, all that behaviour that Cameron has just described, if you put it in uh, black tie and a bow tie, it basically <laughs> yeah. becomes the Bullingdon Club, yeah. which, of course, is what he was in at Oxford. But apparently he's backing... Greater Manchester Council's plans to bring in minimum prices through bylaws that state each unit of alcohol must cost at least 50 pence. It's all eminently sensible, but Britain is wound pretty tight at the moment, and he may be suggesting taking away the one thing that people use to paper over their misery. <laughs> Think of Britain as buckaroo. The British public have had a lot placed on their plastic donkeys' backs recently. Healthcare cuts, education cuts, high inflation, budget freezes. And this final little burden of alcohol increases may just make that donkey go f***ing crazy. <laughs> you do slightly feel that the government are not very far away from just coming out and saying, oh, come on, everyone, there's more important things in life than money. 
<laughs> Let's all just go outside and play. Well, America has taken a different approach with its budget deficit, and it's clear that Obama disagrees with uh, the so-called savage austerity measures that Cameron is going with. He even uh, wrote to Cameron last month, warning against premature cuts in government spending that might drive the world into a double-dip recession. That must have been a lovely letter to receive. No, <laughs> how was your summer, David? No, sorry about the World Cup. Just a, hey, Dave, don't f*** us all over, please. Love, Barry. There you go, that was from Bugle issue 123. If you enjoyed that show, or indeed any of the 122 Bugles that preceded it, or any of the 440-odd that have followed, or any of the sub-episodes, or just anything to do with the Bugle, you can help keep the Bugle free, flourishing and independent by donating or joining the Bugle voluntary subscription scheme at thebuglepodcast.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.